Welcome to Deep Talk, the podcast for advanced English learners who are looking to explore something a little bit deeper. My name's Rhiannon and I'm an English coach. Each week I invite a different guest onto the show and they choose a text or video they've really loved recently. Together we talk about the ideas and we invite you to join in on the Deep Talkers Facebook group. You'll find the links to the text we discuss in the description to this podcast, along with all the links to get involved. Well, hello there and good morning and welcome to episode 15 of Deep Talk. You know, my New Year's resolution for 2022 was to release 16 episodes of this podcast. And look at us, on number 15 already and it's only mid-October. Anyway, let's get to it. Episode 15 is a corker. I invited on Katie this week, a fellow language coach whom I met on Instagram and asked her to choose something she'd watched or read recently and had found really interesting. She picked a fascinating and slightly weird video of a news interview with the founder of a company who makes a robot toy called Moxie. It's only five minutes or so and I really recommend you take a look. We tried to describe this robot in the conversation, but it is so much easier for you to see it with your own eyes. In this chat, we cover how tech is being used in education, the importance and the challenge of helping children learn about their emotions and how to understand them, the security issues posed by this particular robot, and the wider question of who is responsible for educating children. I hope you enjoy it, and don't forget, we'll be talking about this episode and more over in the Deep Talkers Facebook group, so if you are not in there yet, get involved. Okay, on with the show. So today I'm joined by Katie. Katie is an English coach who encourages English users to speak confidently and authentically by taking control of their mindset. She has an awesome Instagram account called English Customized and she works with clients one-to-one and in her group programs. In her spare time, she loves walking, yoga, and reading. She's chosen a great video that we're gonna talk about today. It's called Rethinking Social Development with Moxie, a robot companion for kids. So, Katie, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. For those listeners who haven't had a chance to watch the video yet, what's it about? So, this video is an interview with the creator of this robot called Moxie. And this robot, if a robot can be cute, let we can call this <laughs> cute. It's small and blue and it has... Um, facial expressions that are meant to look very realistic and the purpose of this robot is to serve as a tool for kids I think maybe under the age of 10 or 12 um, as a way to teach them or to help them develop uh, socially and emotionally so it if you watch the video or, or an advertisement for it, you can see these interactions, Moxie asking the child, how has, you know, how is your day? And um, go do something nice for your parent, you know, or who is a friend that you want to hang out with this weekend? So I don't know, these, these gentle interactions um, to help children develop in, in that way. Very cool. Yeah. I watched the video and my, my instinct when you first sent it was 
<laughs> like the idea of robots like helping judge and I don't I think part of me is like scared of mm-hmm. the you know robots taking over the world and then the other part of me is just maybe cynical about how effective could this possibly be mm-hmm. is this really the tool that we need mm-hmm. that sort of thing but then I've watched it twice now and I don't know it did seem kind of kind of cute to take your word and I was sort of encouraged by the priority that they were putting on emotions because Mm -hmm. I remember kind of ed tech toys from my childhood like a Fisher Price something or other that would if they focused on education at all they would have focused on like your times tables Mm. or like reading comprehension or something really schooly and the fact that they are putting emotions front and center I actually thought was really interesting yeah I really I think that's the reason that it stays with me that I still have maybe a soft spot for it is that it touches on these things that are maybe just coming to light now that we need Mm. to touch on more right having you're giving kids the opportunity to identify their emotions and react to them or respond to them or there's also a, a little extract where Moxie encourages uh, some child who's using it to take deep breaths to help them calm oh, down. Wow. So these these things are, I think, so, so relevant. You know, they're starting to appear in schools more also. You know, it's just coming yeah. to the, the education system's attention that they need to be included. But I am with you still. Like, this is, on one hand, really... Excellent. And on the other hand, is this the beginning of the robots taking over the world? (laughs) And like you said, too, yeah, ed tech, I mean, math, reading, that kind of stuff, very concrete. This is uh, an interesting gray area. Yeah, definitely. The, as you say, these ideas of children needing to know how to express their emotions, that is, that's something. So I'm reading a lot about like psychology at the moment, Mm -hmm. just because I'm interested and I'm diving into those books and so many of the things I'm hearing are messages along the lines of like as humans in our current world we never learn how to trust ourselves how to like tap into our bodies and work out like what is this thing I'm feeling what feels right for me and so many educators who work with adults say it would be so great if we could learn this in school, if we could get children like tapping into their feelings and being able to express them in a way that is like age appropriate, not necessarily having all of the vocabulary available to an adult human, but still being able to kind of recognize and say, this is how I'm feeling. This is why I've responded this way. This is how I'm going to deal with it. Um, whatever level is appropriate for them. So it's really cool that this tech is coming at it yeah. from that angle. Right, but <laughs> there's just but. a big but looming <laughs> over this idea. Yeah, it's creepy. And it is creepy. <laughs> it, is, it is. And oh. I mean, we've described it so far as cute, but people who've seen the video, I think they would be fair enough to disagree. <laughs> yes, yes. Cute in terms of a robot, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got these like cute, it's, so it's kind of got a screen for a face and then mm-hmm. that screen animates into different facial expressions and it's got these like huge kind of Pixar mm-hmm. eyes, um, which are really cool. I mean, they look, they reminded me of the kind of characters from Inside Out. Um, yes. 
that sort of maybe it's just the connection to emotions as well Mm -hmm. but those like huge expressive facial expressions right which if you think from the the tech point of view that's excellent for their mm, prerogative that they want this this device that um the child can make a social or emotional connection with you know they can say something and that's the other part if you haven't seen the video the the child interacts with it like it's a person except it's a Mm -hmm. robot so it asks questions and the child responds and the face of the robot seems to react accordingly um so that's confusing too i mean if you're a child you know who can and you can talk to a robot the same way as you can talk to your your parent or Mm. your teacher Mm, i don't know if that has any odd long-term consequences it would be very interesting to see like if moxie became very popular to like study how that Mm. impacts that generation of of children because I think the flip side is that it's not as though children are not interacting with robots already if we broaden our definition of robots to include any kind of like tech with AI properties Mm -hmm. you know they're on phones and iPads and they've got smart TVs and you know Mm -hmm. they are engaging with screens a lot so actually maybe having this human if I can use that word those human emotional elements of eye contact of facial expressions of reactions Mm. maybe that is on balance an improvement right maybe the lesser of two evils you know Mm -hmm. instead of all of this screen time and flashing lights and weird colors uh, this feels a little bit more constructive maybe (laughs) yeah yeah I mean let's dive into the the bad side of it as well because I mean perhaps it's reductionist to say robots are going to take over in fact I'm sure it is Mm -hmm. but there is a fear there that we are bringing robots who are going to be our children's friends right into our houses like that is a that feels like maybe a tipping point Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're putting, <laughs> right. Right. Are we already falling and we don't realize it? Yeah. Um, it it is a big responsibility that's being put on this machine, right? To teach a small, malleable child, you know, who's just waiting to be formed by the world, mm-hmm. and we're allowing them hypothetically to be to learn about their emotions, how to communicate, how to socialize partly from a device like this, right? Whereas, I mean, when we were growing up, that responsibility fell on our teachers, maybe our parents, maybe other people in our lives, but always humans, not not machines. But then if we've got, I'm presuming, I think they mentioned it in the video, but Mm -hmm. if not, I'm sure they have child psychologists, they have Mm -hmm. educational specialists involved in the training. Like, is this perhaps even safer than letting it be 100% up to parents who may not be up to the job? Good point. Or not have, I mean, this is a thousand pounds. So already we're talking about, at the moment, we're not talking about all families. We're talking about no. a very particular kind of family who can afford that sort of very random, untested gift for their, mm-hmm. for their children. Um, but yeah, if people are living busy lives and what would be happening is the child is sat in front of the TV or the child is on an iPad or the child is on an iPhone or whatever. Actually, is it better for the children 
to be in the hands of not a robot, but a child psychologist who has kind of helped script this robot. Mm -hmm. Right, because on one hand, it is designed to be the best of these things, right? To have the the right questions and the Mm. right interactions. Even if you're working with a a real child psychologist or teacher, you know, bless all of them, but they're human also. Mm -hmm. So they have imperfect days, they have low moments, and all of the parents out there, you know, parents aren't all teachers and child psychologists, right? They have other things on their mind, they're trained to do other things. Maybe it's a load off their shoulders knowing that there's this other tool to help everyone. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Enjoying this conversation? Has it sparked some interesting thoughts? Wish you had a space to get involved? You know what I'm going to say. Deep Talkers Facebook group is open. We are talking about the podcast, getting sneak peeks of the next episode's topics, and sharing all the other interesting stuff we've been reading and listening to recently. Sign up at the link in this episode description. And then there's the, like, they describe it as they have cameras, they have sensors, they have a microphone. And this thing, I mean, it's, I imagine it's a similar idea to like Alexa. Having an Alexa in your house, who is potentially always listening? I say who, surely we should say which, but they've given it a human name. They want us to interact with it humanly. So I'm going to use who. Mm-hmm. Um, but this has perhaps an extra layer in that they are inviting children to share their feelings and you know, I'm reading a book about trauma at the moment. So maybe this is just the top of my mind and this isn't what most people are thinking of, but I'm thinking of children who are being abused or who suffer from some kind of abuse. Are they sharing that with Moxie? And does Moxie have a protocol for what happens if the intel that it receives is illegal or harmful in some way? Like, what do they do? Right. What if a child expresses some thoughts they want to harm themselves or harm someone else too, right? Anything that would set off the red flag in a mandatory reporter, in a teacher or something, what does the device do? Who gets that information? Yeah. Yeah. And if there is a protocol for it, like how do they distinguish between who they report to? Mm Because one would imagine that it would be the parents or the guardians Mm -hmm. But so often it's the parents or the guardians who are committing the abuse. Sure. And so would there be a filter? Like, would a human get involved and have a listen in and find out who to tell? And if they are getting involved, like, do you give permission to Moxie for letting a human get in and listen to some of that data? Like, I mean, I'm assuming that these are questions that the company has thought about, but... Sure. I don't know what the answers would be. Something to be addressed before you go and invest in this machine. Mm-hmm. for your family yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. but also just I think people are very sensitive in general even just the idea of having something with a an active camera and microphone in the presence of their their children all of the time right I don't think people go crazy for that people get a little touchy about that anyway so there's just a lot of questions to mm-hmm. be asked about 
what is seen, where does it go, who sees it. What do you think more broadly about like the way that tech is being used with children nowadays? Hmm. Interesting question. Um, it's inevitable that it takes a, a bigger role. Mm, I think like it or not, that's just what happens. Just like tech has a bigger role in our daily lives and all of the things we do, it's going to take a bigger role in with um, kids and education. But um, it's still, I don't know, that just feels like an uncertain area, like the limits to understand mm-hmm. what the, the limits of appropriateness are for, for the well-being of the children, I think. Um, I'm not a parent, but I, I have friends who have children and they talk about, um, you know, once the, the screen comes into the family, once the tablet is mm. in the life, in their lives, um, you know, it's really hard to negotiate with, why don't you read a book instead of, you know, right. play the game and even comments about how much it impacts their mood and their behavior the longer they're on. So, I mean, I don't know how this all spins together with technology, how this all fits together. I'm sorry, not technology, with education. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's just something that it's, I don't know, what, what is the word? It has like the shiny new object effect, right? Yeah. It's the newest and the greatest, but we really don't know yet how it's going to impact this generation. Yeah. I think there is definitely a danger of being just being worried about anything new. Mm-hmm. So the criticisms that are thrown at technology, mm-hmm. you know, people are saying televisions are going to ruin lives. They haven't ruined lives. Right. <laughs> Skateboards are going to are going to ruin <laughs> ruin our, our children. They haven't right. ruined our children. Rock, Rock music. music. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I think part of me is like, to what extent is a worry about something new, just a, a fear of the unknown, and there's actually very little evidence behind it. But I feel, I mean, especially when you look at not so much the kind of um, like the tech of a mobile phone, but what it gives you access to in forms of like mm-hmm. social media and stuff. We know, I, th- I think we know <laughs> that generally speaking, too much social media is not a good thing. You know, our brains simply weren't designed to handle that many contacts and that many opinions of ourselves and that many kind of connections at any one time. Um, And so in moderation, and especially as like adults, Mm -hmm. you can probably handle it, but for a developing brain, Mm -hmm. maybe it's not so great. Mm -hmm. Um, There's something to be said, though, for if it can be maximized in the right way, Mm. Um, I think of other, you know, teaching methods where maybe you're familiar with the flipped classroom method. Mm-hmm. Probably. Um, so the concept of giving students input that they consume by they can consume by themselves, so that the teacher is available for the parts that need to be more interactive. Yeah. And so, also in this case, maybe not necessarily Moxie, but can it be? the same concept be applied better for um, kids' educational technology where they can get content or, or things, maybe more concrete informational things, to leave the teachers, the, the humans, available mm. for the more um, interactive, personal, social, emotional support. I mean, 
Yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's the way that adults are organizing their time, aren't they? You know, people aren't sitting and reading through things in a meeting. It's like, read this beforehand and then turn up and do it. So we can talk about it. Exactly. There's a very sensible way of organizing, of organizing your time. I'm curious about who whose responsibility this is, the social and emotional learning. Right. right? All impacts of tech aside, um, whose job is this? Right? Uh, Do you mean we, in terms of like, is it the parents? Is it the teachers? Yeah. Is it society at, at large? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, because it is such an important part of someone's development of, mm-hmm. you know, our childhood, how we become functional parts of our society um but maybe it's not clear is it the parent's job is it the teacher's job is it something you just learn on the fly um is there so yeah to be devil's advocate is it really a problem if there's this device who clearly has only this responsibility right they don't get involved in any other way the moxie robot doesn't teach you how to read it doesn't teach you math um it's here for this purpose and and that's that that is interesting because I mean that question of responsibility even before we we as a society became very kind of fluent in talking about emotions and like mm-hmm. perhaps we're not fluent yet but we are more yeah. than we used to be mm-hmm. I remember my mum telling me a story about how their neighbor when I was growing up, they had a child who was maybe in the year below me in school. So very similar ages. And I have no idea how this would have come up in the conversation, but basically it turned out that the parent did not read to the child. Mm-hmm. And my mum was, was shocked because I think many people imagine when you picture childhood, you picture, or having children, you picture that kind of bedtime story mm-hmm. element. And it was certainly a, a really big part of my growing up. And my mom kind of questioned this a little bit <laughs> and the response was it's not my job to teach her to read that's a that's a teacher's job mm-hmm. and so clearly in this particular individual's mind and I have no idea how representative that is of wider society I don't think I've ever come across that thought mm-hmm. in anyone else but clearly for them they had like compartmentalized responsibility like this mm-hmm. is my job I will like bathe you and wash you and love you and maybe play with you sometimes but your teacher is in charge of everything else and perhaps it came from an insecurity I don't know maybe she wasn't a strong reader herself and didn't want to kind of have to be challenged on that with her child I don't know Mm -hmm. Um, I think of like the busy schedules too right most parents work anyway Mm, and now it seems like you know if you're in the true parent household both parents are working as well um so with all of the other responsibilities of having a home, having maybe a partner, having a child, maybe more than one child, right? That's yeah. a lot of work. Yeah. So I have a, a bit of sympathy for, for the people who can't squeeze in or, or don't have the, the capacity to do all of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's complicated, isn't it? Because yeah, from the educational side, There is a lot of evidence that reading to your child daily for, I don't know what it is, 10 minutes 
every night has a huge impact on their lifelong literacy. Mm -hmm. But if there's some discrepancy about whose job it is, that's a a big consequence if that's not clear. And then, yeah, what about emotions and and socialization too? And I mean, as we mentioned earlier, I mean, not only is not everyone a child psychologist, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but also some people just like really don't have their shit together emotionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. anyway and then yeah. <laughs> to then have to mm-hmm. yeah to have to kind of give good lessons to your child when you I mean I think if you don't if you don't have it together yourself the likelihood of you passing on like healthy emotional techniques or whatever mm-hmm. to your child is near right. near nil like mm-hmm. that's probably impossible Right, um, right. So yeah, yeah, as you say, is is it such a bad thing to have a professional right. <laughs> in the form of a cute little <laughs> robot with Pixar eyes? With Pixar eyes who creepily follow you. <laughs> so creepy, well, but I don't creepy. know if that's true, but you know, <laughs> seems seems realistic. <laughs> yeah, and just describing those eyes just then I kind of pictured well, what I actually pictured was Chucky the, the oh. scary doll. but then I went to more positive dolls and isn't this something that children have kind of always done children have always practiced human relationships with dolls and mm. girls especially but you know boys have boys are less socialized to do it but they still do it mm-hmm. um and yeah you use the doll as a kind of a chance to play around with the emotions and to try things out and to maybe mimic what the adults are doing around you. So you have your little tea parties Mm. um, and you play relationships. Mm. This is perhaps just, you know, the dolls talking back to you. Right. In in not a haunted way. (laughs) In a very intentional um, and purposeful way. But yes, it is talking back to you. Hmm. That's interesting. I think we we started this conversation probably kind of thinking 50-50. Yay and eh. where mm. are you kind of where are you sat now? <sighs> really good question. I think I'm still pretty 50-50. Okay. Um I can't negate all of the technology complications or mm-hmm. implications of this. I certainly wouldn't buy this machine tomorrow, this robot tomorrow, right. if I had a, a child or, you know, a small human in my life who was at this, you know, stage of development. I'm not not ready for that, but I'm curious about it. I'm curious. I would love to hear from them again in like five years and hear what the updates have been, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm with you. I was... I was about to say, I think I'm more pro. Like, I really like it. And then you mm-hmm. said I wouldn't buy it. And I was like, yeah, I wouldn't buy it either. So maybe I'm not pro. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it just really, I mean, if this is going to hit, become mainstream, it really has to modify or be modified in price. As you said, it's like a $1,000 or pounds. Yeah. Okay. Um, plus, there is a monthly subscription right. yeah, to access the application on your phone yeah oh my gosh did you hear that part I knew that there was like a monthly subscription but I hadn't Mm -hmm. made the connection to like an app on your phone and now I'm thinking of like you know you like turn your light bulbs on and off and yes your phone or you control your heating or your security Mm -hmm. or your cameras or something 
I will send you a second video. I've recently come across, um, I think it's an actual advertisement for the product. So the first video that we watched is like an interview with the, um, the creator. This is an actual ad and it shows the mother like inputting that her son has a dentist appointment the next day. So then the robot starts talking about, oh, how nice it is to go to the dentist to like ease his nerves or his anxiety about going to the dentist. Um, So I think the parent does have some control on the input um, or the program. Mm, But yeah, I don't know to what extent what that looks like. Oh my gosh, you have just like thrown a spanner in the works. Oh, so, so interesting. I don't uh, have a final, I don't have a final rating, but yeah. I will pop both the video that we both watched and the video yeah. you've just said mm-hmm. in the uh, episode description for this. Great. Um, it has been such an interesting conversation, Katie. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Fun to talk about these things. <laughs> it is, it is. once again to Katie for joining me. I hope you enjoyed that discussion and that it sparked a whole bunch of thoughts and ideas. I've popped that second video Katie mentioned right at the end in the description, so take a look at that. It is absolutely wild. I don't think the original news program did this did this robot any justice. I mean, it's I don't even know, like it freaks me out. But maybe that's just me holding on to like the good old days pre-tech. What I did like is that at the end of the ad, the tagline for the company came up and it's because soft skills are essential skills. And as Katie and I were talking about, I I do think that's true. But another video that I've popped in the description and that I shared with Deep Talkers earlier this week is the trailer for the horror film, Megan. Now, I'm never gonna watch a horror film, so (laughs) I won't be watching this, but it is nearly Halloween and it popped up on my feed. And it's about this, an orphan child who goes to live with I don't know, like her aunt or her parents' friends or someone like that. And it turns out that this woman is working on a new friend robot, a life-size fucking creepy doll thing called Megan. And Megan's job is to look after this child. And you will not be surprised (laughs) to hear that Megan overpowers all of the protocols to shut her off and ends up being a murderous psychopath. So I'm not saying that Moxie is gonna like push a school bully into oncoming traffic, but I did think it fun that this video was shown to me in the same week that this episode was being released. Creepy, creepy robots taking over the world. One of my students years and years and years ago, when I was teaching in a language school in Edinburgh, worked in robotics and had her own pet robot thing (laughs) and it learned Italian by living with her and English from watching TV and Japanese because some Japanese friends came to stay for a few weeks and the thing I'll never forget was that this robot so powered by AI artificial intelligence went through the terrible twos so the terrible twos is that period of child development where children start pushing boundaries saying no throwing tantrums around two years old and I vividly remember my students saying that her robot would say no to her. (laughs) That is terrifying. (laughs) Anyway, what do you think about all of this? The importance of emotional skill development in children, the use of tech to support parents and teachers, 
robots taking over the world. I would love to know your thoughts. Head on over to the Deep Talker Facebook group and let's get chatting. Anyway, that's enough from me for now. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Rhiannon. This has been Deep Talk. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.